Hola, hola. Welcome to the Breakthrough Brand Show. I'm Fabi Paolini, and my mission on this podcast is to give you behind-the-scenes stories, anecdotes, and unique perspectives behind building a premium brand that makes a real impact. I believe that when you create a message that is aligned with your truth, you can have the breakthroughs that changes lives. Each week, me and my guests share with you how we're making an impact with our message and the stories behind our success. So that being said, let's dive into today's episode. All right, my friends, I'm so excited today to welcome Galen Wood, owner of Marketing for Travel Agents. It's so great to have you here today, Galen. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do, what your business is all about? I mean, I think that the name is pretty self-explanatory, but still. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, surprise, surprise, Marketing for Travel Agents is actually a marketing company for specifically travel agents. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, right? We're, we, you know, we, we, we really focused on that clarity over cleverness thing when it comes to the company. So that's just kind of how that works. And I do some consulting on the side and then I have another business that, that also runs. But yeah, my I primary know. focus is the Marketing for Travel Agents. I love it. Can you tell us the story about how you got started with this business? And I, I'm actually, how you got started as an entrepreneur? Because I know that there's other businesses, obviously you just mentioned it, but I kind of want to know a little bit of the back story of all of that. Yeah. So I I started my first business like right out of college and it was more like, it was one of those things where like, I just didn't have another choice. Like it was just like, oh, I just kept doing the things in front of me. Like I kept doing the next right thing and kept doing the next right thing, kept doing the next right thing. And I was like, oh, okay, well, it's best for me to do this business. And oh, I need to now I need to take this over. And then now I need to expand it into different, you know, uh, states. And then now I need to grow it in this way. And mm-hmm. and I just kept doing stuff. And then, you know, I'm in multiple states and I'm, you know, having that whole experience. And, and, it, and it's just kind of been that way. And even like with the, with the new company it was, you know, I, um, the owner had like brought me in to help her sell it. And then so I started looking at the internals of the company and was like, I should buy this. This is amazing. I should buy this company. And so we started, you know, working together with the bank to try and, you know, get a loan and get the whole thing worked out. And by the end, we were basically like running the transaction for the bank, which was ridiculous. And <laughs> if you ever want to know what bank not to work with, let me know. I will tell you. But the, <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> I bought the company and took it over. And then it's been a little over a year and it's been awesome and horrible and all the other things, you know. Well, tell me, tell me a little bit about that experience because I feel like it's so interesting. Um, when you're buying a company, it's you're inher- inheriting all the good stuff and all the bad stuff and then all the things that you want to do differently in your vision. Tell me a little yeah. bit about how what that experience has been like for you. Yeah. Well, so like I bought it, I bought it from a friend of mine. So I bought it from somebody like I trusted. And so mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the combination of me being very trusting, like I tend to be like, if somebody I know says do something, I just go and I do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily think about as much what I should be doing or whatever, which, you know, I should do a better job in the future. But, um, and so when I bought it, it was like, okay, I just buy the thing. And she was like, well, there's a couple of things you might want to worry about. And I was like, that sounds good. I'm sure it'll figure itself out. And like, I bought it and we started doing the things and we were like, okay, well, we've been doing this. So now we'll just do this more. And so we started doing this more and it didn't work. And so I started like hemorrhaging cash and having the whole thing. And like, losing sleep and started like doing the math as an entrepreneur of like, okay, well, if I sell my house and I do this thing and my kids and I can live in this thing and da, 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 da. And then, you know, I had a, I was lucky enough to get connected with the right people and they recommend, you know, do this thing. And I was like, all right. And so I did the thing and everything started working again. And now my plan for the year is pretty easy. And uh, so if it all works, then it'll be great. And if it doesn't, then, you know, we'll try something else. <laughs> that makes sense. <clears throat> so I mean, obviously what you're teaching is marketing for travel agents, but I'm curious about what your main marketing strategy to get travel agent clients 
is focused on or what it has been focused on the last year and what it's going to be focused on maybe moving forward as well. Yeah. So we, like the nice, the, the, the plus and minus about having such a small niche, right, is that it gets really easy to say, this is exactly who I'm going after. Mm -hmm. um, and then the downside of having such a small niche is like, I only have this many people to go after. So like my whole, I think, I think my whole market is like less than 50,000 people or less than 55,000 people or something like that. And so I get to really focus on like, okay, this is exactly who I'm going after. Um, but then I will literally, I think at some point kind of run out of that, depending on the turnover and how many more people, agents we get and whatever. Um, and so we do, we do a combination of, we do some organic social, right? So we do Instagram. We just started getting more into LinkedIn. Um, Facebook has been one of our major strategies. So we, for the, for the life of the company, Facebook was our primary uh, lead source. And so we have, you know, organic Facebook, we have paid ads on Facebook. We run challenges and launches and all that kind of stuff within Facebook groups that we built. Um, and then we have, you know, our whole email strategy. And so some of the shift that I've done in the last probably like three to six months, mostly because people smarter than me told me to do this, um, was, you know, we shifted more towards email. And so historically we've, we've really been Facebook focused. And as mm -hmm. you probably know, anybody watching this probably knows like Facebook was not the most fun place in the world to try and make money on in 2022. And so, you know, we really, yeah, we really shifted into doing more email marketing. We, we launched another product. So we did more, like we call it intensives. We're doing a more of a high ticket offer, um, launch that, and then really focus on kind of doing email and things of that nature. But I've really tried to get it back to uh, building out and saying, okay, what's our value? Like, what do, what do we really do that benefits people the most? Like our specific niche, like what do they, what, what's the thing that we do that will help them the most? And then what's the easiest way for them to get the information? And so like, I kind of just went back to that. And then from there, I started launch, launching, you know, or doing, doing more of assessments and figuring out where they, where they, where they listen to us and how they listen to us and then trying to pursue them on, in those channels. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I find that email marketing is extremely powerful. And for the people that are in my email list, they know I will email every single weekday. I don't believe in working during the weekends. I mean, unless you have to, obviously. But um, in my own business, I don't like emailing during the weekends. For the most part, sometimes I actually do. But I will email every single weekday, you know, and and it really has been a super game changer. In the beginning, I used to send only about two emails per week. And then that evolved to three. And then eventually I was like, wait a minute, why am I only sending three emails a week? Let me just do it something every single day. And the way that I approach it is that every single day of the week, there's a, there's a purpose for the email, right? So it's not always going to be like highly promotional or, you know, I'm, I'm giving a ton of value and I'm basically just repurposing the content that I'm sharing on social media through email, but it really keeps your audience engaged. So I love that you're doing that as well. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I love the, I love the point you make in terms of like engagement, right? Like, mm -hmm. like having it be more of like, okay, we have the ability now to actually engage with the customer. So instead mm -hmm. of having it be something where we're just constantly promoting and being like, Hey, we have this special deal or, you know, limited time offer or just like whatever. It's more like, Hey, let's have a conversation or have you thought about this or let me provide you with some value. So I love hearing you say that because yeah, I agree. Well, if you think about it and I I'm sure that if, any of us listening or you and I right now open our emails, there's going to be quite a few emails from people like Target or Starbucks or Old Navy or Spanx. I get Spanx emails every day. That's, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's all I buy online. I buy all my Spanx online. That's I, just, I, I, just, I would imagine. I mean, 
-hmm. would imagine. I mean, um, <laughs> but they do have, I think, men's underwear. So there you go. Maybe. Okay, well, then, that's, that's what, I don't buy the men's one, but it's fine. It's whatever. Anyway. Okay, good. There we go. Anyways, we all get these emails every single day. Are we looking to purchase them? No, but the, that's a great way that these companies are, or, or think that these companies are using to stay top of, top of mind. Yeah. And we need to be doing the same thing. And and you never know which opportunities are going to come from that. In my, for example, in my experience, I have people that have been on my email list for years. And then suddenly they're like, okay, now I'm ready. Now I like the things that I needed um, to have to be able to reach out to you are, are in place. Yep. But if I would have disappeared three years ago, well then, mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. those opportunities are out and I mean yeah. and bigger ones too so so yeah. I love that so tell me a little bit about and you've kind of mentioned this already but how do you approach messaging for your business um you know does that make sense totally yeah, <laughs> yeah. no and, and so and I'll say I mean this is my first like digital marketing business so my my I've had I've owned a number of other businesses I've done venture capital stuff like that but it's always been you know more brick and mortar more you know relationship sales stuff like that so some of this is there's so like the learning curve is so great for me and there's so much for me to learn. So it's just, it's a lot of this is me being like, this is, I think what I'm doing. And so I, I oscillate between a number of different things. Um, but I really, and, and right now I'm really trying to find the line between um, the kind of like the level of vulnerability to really tap into the suffering of my target clientele and being an oversharing, you know what I mean? Right. So like, like really trying to get it, like what, it, what are their, what are their pain points? Right. Cause that's the whole point of a lot of the point of the messaging is saying like, you know, hey, I hear that you have these pain points. I hear you. Here's how you describe them. Here's what I, here's what, here's what's going on. I can understand where you're coming from. And then here's a solution I have for that. Right. And so right now I'm trying to dig into, you know, how far down that rabbit hole I want to go, where it's not me being like, hey, I know sometimes you want to, you know, like drive your car off of a bridge or step into the fire. Like I get that. Right. And like, so, so to that line of, you know, maybe we've gone too far while still like, like honoring the really how difficult it can be to spe especially to be a solopreneur or to own a micro business mm -hmm. because only a micro business is it's hard. It's frustrating. It's scary. And right. it's, I mean, you know, as you know, and so the, the breadth of emotions that people can have and the, the kind of like how dark it can feel and how lonely it can feel sometimes is really big. Um, and so trying to find, you know, kind of like that balance there where I understand the message without hurting people's feelings or really, you know, right. Well, I'll tell you what we teach and what we've uh, kind of uncovered over time is that I used to do exactly what you're talking about, right? Like using, I call it pain marketing, right? Let's talk about the problem. Let's talk about the pain. And about two years ago, I kind of made a decision to make a change and be like, you know what? What if I focus on the problem, but lead with desire a little bit more. So yeah. what that would mean is like in a case like yours would be saying, you know, um, you are, you know, that your, your uh, travel agent business agency, or maybe probably your, your travel agency um, is meant to do great things. You know that if you love what you do. This is something that really inspires you and lifts you up and you love helping people travel, do their dream vacation or whatever. I'm just, going off of this um okay. yet you are you don't understand why you're not bringing in as many clients as you would want to bring in so that is the way that i would focus communication versus saying 
you're struggling, you're so frustrated, you don't understand what's going on, why you're never bringing clients every single week, you're, you, you, the phone isn't ringing and you don't know what to do. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. And we actually, so what we've, and this is the, um, a lot of like the split testing we'll do mm-hmm. is we'll do like a series of like three to six emails and having the messaging change in some of those. And what the interesting mm-hmm. thing that I found, and again, this is me doing very limited amount of, of work on this is that we have different times when the pain points work better or the desire points work better. Right. Right. So more like, like it's carrot and stick. So sometimes carrot is like really effective. Sometimes sticks really effective. Um, and so what, what, you know, I like, I like the, the point that you make where you're like, we have both the, how would you like to, and wouldn't it be nice to avoid at the same time? Exactly. So I, that's what I like to play with. What we found is that when you are in, when you incorporate that type of the vision a little bit more into your message, it really allows, like it brings in the, in the people that have a vision period versus the people that I call it being the Ursula where you're speaking to the poor, unfortunate souls, right? The people that are in kind of too much victim mentality, everything's wrong, nothing is working. And what I find is that when you're speaking to that type of audience, it's just very hard to sell to them. I mean, it's it's harder to sell to them. You have to overcome more objections because you're telling them, hey, you're struggling so much. Your, your business is about to fall apart. Well, if their business is about to fall apart, it's unlikely or harder for them to be able to say, okay, I'm going to put money towards doing this. Does that make sense? I hear you. Yep. Yeah. So that's one of the big changes that we've made. And it really has made a massive, like it just calls in a different type of people. So what I would say, and this is not what this interview is about, but you said it, I'm like, oh, I have to tell him. I have to tell him. Yeah, um, give it a shot. Yeah, I'm, glad get, I'm glad you got on a podcast. You can educate me. That sounds <laughs> great. I love it. There you go. Leading with desire and still using the problem is really, really powerful. So give it a shot. <laughs> what, it, what, it, what it really sounds like is that you got a better, clearer idea of who you were trying to go after. And then you tailored your message more for people who are looking for that desire. So you were like, okay, the people who I like working with more are the people who actually have and can envision where they want to go. And so I'm going to basically tell them, I know where they want to go. Exactly. You got yeah. it. You yeah. got it. Like your, your, your message is more, again, you're kind of like what I was mentioning before, you're moving from pain marketing to gain marketing. This is what you're going to gain. And totally. you're still using problems because you still have to, I mean, obviously it's, you're, you can't sell if, if there's not a problem to be solved, right? But you're leading with desire. You're talking to the people who are actively looking for solutions or who are more inclined to find solutions. Like they know that they have a problem, but they know that they can make it work versus if you're trying to convince somebody who is hopeless and they're, it's like, this is it, it's done, it's not working. It's just gonna be so much harder. And yeah. then what we, what I find is that when you enroll those people, because they can buy, obviously, then there's so much sometimes in fear that they don't necessarily take the same type of action. So yeah. you tell them you have to do this, this and that. And they're like, but I have to pay my bills. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's so much harder sometimes to get them to take action. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. No, it's interesting because like, and there's, there's some, there's some nuance in there for me around like, cause there is, you know, like, especially for our marketing Academy, like there's a big part of our target market are those people who are just straight up struggling, right? They mm-hmm. may not, they may not have any clients. They may be new. They may, but for our high ticket, some of what I've been trying to figure out is how to more effectively attract the people who are right for that program. Mm-hmm. And so we've been like, I've been doing it through like, you know, basically um, gatekeeping emails, which is pretty right. effective, but it sounds like using 
some of the desire marketing or the, the focus on the gain, not just the pain might be a great way to help really target those people more effectively mm-hmm. who are actually actively looking for a solution. Give it a shot. Let me know how it goes. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So can you share with me any lessons that you've learned along the way so far in with, I mean, I guess we could talk about your being entrepreneur in general, but let's focus on this business in particular. Is there any okay. particular lesson that you're like, Oh, got it. <laughs> um, I will say like the, um, the two things, like I have, I have all my personal lessons, right? So, so much of it, like being, I think I find like, like running a smaller business is that it really becomes about who I am as a person and what I want this to do for me. Mm -hmm. Right. But in terms of like business lesson, I will, the thing that I always get reminded of, um, because I don't seem to be able to listen to other people until I like fail myself. (laughs) Um, hopefully like as I become a grown up, that'll get better. But the, um, is, you know, like continually to listen to my customer, right? So yeah. continue to go out and really look at um, what it, what do they care about? What is matters to them? Like one of the in, really interesting things is that when we launched, I launched high ticket for the first time, right? So I had this, I have this like, you know, 80,000 person uh, email list. I've got this academy with a bunch of people in it. I've got, um, you know, all these different like social accounts with a ton of followers and whatever. And so I basically just like launched, I was like, hey, is anybody interested in this? And a bunch of people were, and the, the really interesting kind of, uh, and it was great to launch a high ticket offer. And, and I, it was like crazy the amount of value they got for what they invested. It was amazing. But the thing that I got that I really wasn't expecting is I got a, I got like a crash course in what it's like to be a travel agent, because part of that process was the interviewing. So I would interview all these people to see if they qualified to be in the program. Right. Right. And so like the, as I was interviewing, they were telling me what their struggles were. They were telling me what their desires were. They were telling me where they wanted to go, where they were at now, what was getting in the way, like all of these kind of pieces that I really needed to know. And that really, you know, just educated me a huge amount on like what I can do to serve. Right. And so like, if I want to try, because for me, like the marketing and brand and all that kind of stuff comes back to like, my marketing should just be an effective way of me communicating the value that I have to the people who would benefit most from the, from the value that I can give. Right. Right. And so like the more that I understand about what they care about, what they want and what they need, the better my messaging, the better my like communication or my marketing can be. And so that, that the lesson there was to, you know, like the continue, continue, continue. Whenever I'm confused, whenever I don't understand why something's not working, go back to asking the questions and listening, you know, and really like putting the effort into not just like, continuing to yell at people, right. But to actually like put effort into, okay, how do I collect better information? And ideally if you can get paid, which I did to collect that information, do that. Right. Um, but, but continually going back and like figuring out how to be smarter about how to ask questions, how to do that more effectively was one of the best lessons that I learned in the last year. Really powerful. And I, it kind of comes back to what we were talking about before, right? It's just honestly, at the end of the day, really understanding who your customer is. I think it's one of the most important things that we can do as business owners and that people often are like, yeah, I know, like my audience is travel agents done. Like, yeah, yeah, but who, who are they? What's going on? Like you need to go deeper to really get them so that then you can create marketing that will help them, but not only marketing, then build a program that's going to really help them as well. So it's yeah. so important to understand these things too. Yeah. Well, and remembering that like, just because you have figured it out, doesn't mean you've still figured it out. Right. Yeah. For me, it was like, well, we, we know all that. Right. And so of course I'm like, we already know all the answers. And then it's like, 
I started asking the questions again. I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know all the answers. Which, you know, <laughs> I mean, we do that in life, at least for me, I do that constantly in life. I'm always like, I know. And then I'm like, oh, I don't. Exactly. Um, but it's like, you know, like having those kind of processes in place can be really nice. Well, you think about brands like Coca-Cola, they're spending millions of dollars a year in market research, like every single year. That doesn't, it, I feel like that process just never stops. Of what, so we, we never when really I was, know. <laughs> when I was in grad school, one of the guys from Coca-Cola came and talked, right? Mm-hmm. And all of Coca-Cola is very much about just, it, it is, it is about that marketing machine, yeah. right? It is like, like, mar- like, it's not a, so- it's not a soda company. It's a marketing company. And so mm-hmm. he was talking about like the feelings they elicit when they have like the machines and it was, it was that their entire organization is all about exactly what you just said. They, they focus solely on, you know, that communication, that marketing, that marketing message. That's amazing. I love that. Okay. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit before sure. we are finished. I want to ask you, what role has personal development played in your own entrepreneurial journey? Um, And if you prioritize it in your life and in your business. And the reason why I ask this (laughs) is because uh, this is a, this is tough, man. Being an entrepreneur can be really tough. So I'm always curious to feel like, to hear people's very versions of what they do to help themselves (laughs) get through those crazy times. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll tell a quick story. I'll make it quick, but I'll tell mm-hmm. a story. Like the, so when I first, when I started my first company, I was right out of college. We just had a kid. Um, I expand, I was like, I was such a, like a punk 20 year old. Like I was just like, everybody needs what I have. My target market is everyone. I'm amazing. Like, I just can't wait to like share my blessings with the world. And so I like did a really poor job of expanding the company. I worked like a hundred hours a week for like, like literally for like three years. And it was bananas, right? My daughter called me bye-bye. I like, it was, it was tough. It was just tough. You know what I mean? And like, I had, I got to have success. And I also got to have this, like, you know, feeling of like, this doesn't make, this doesn't help any of the stuff in the inside. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, then I like, you know, reorganized, semi-retired, like got bored, went to grad school, did a bunch of other stuff. Um, and then when, when I, when this last, like, I think it was seven years ago, I became a, a, a single dad. Right. And like the or part-time single dad. And so like really focusing on like my kids. And so I stopped like my, 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 and I don't know if it's just like as a guy or like whatever it is, but like, I like having a job, right? So like, I'm like simple-minded, like what's my job? I do my job, right? And so like my kids became my job. And so I started focusing on that and, um, and then kind of like let everything else fall by the wayside, you know, ish, or they weren't my primary focus. And, and so in this last year of like, kind of like working again, um, the, I found that like, it's, it's a lot easier for me to focus on the personal development when I don't have very much going on. Right. Right. And and the irony is that when I have, the more I have going on, the more I need to focus on the personal development. At the end of the day, it's always an inside job. And so even this last year, like I still, I don't work anywhere close to what I used to. My priority is still my kids, you know, like, and I will, I will absolutely you know, like that, that's, it's just, it just is what it is. Right. But mm-hmm. like learning the, the edges of, um, you know, like I'm not emo- as emotionally available for my children if I'm more stressed out. Right. And then the balance between like, how do I do that, run a business and still be emotionally available for teenage girls, right. Who like both need everything and nothing all at the same time. Um, <laughs> and so the I have three girls, they're still too young, but uh, I, I, so, I, <laughs> yeah, I was, everybody was like, whoa, teenage girls. 
And I was like, whatever, you're crazy. Cause they were great, right? Like my kids were absolutely uh -oh. they were just like <laughs> a dream. Like even my like 16 year old was just, you know, whatever. And then I don't even know, like, it's just like, it was just a day happened. And it was like recent last month. And I'm just like, dude, I feel, I have to like do internal work speaking of personal development to not feel rejected all the time. Like I find myself being like, <laughs> oh God, I don't want to hang out with you either. I'll go hang out with my real friends. Like, it's just, it's silliness. And so the, but the personal development side, like the, it's always an inside job. Yeah. Right. So it's like, if I want to continue to show up and be the best dad, I can't, I can't be like emotionally reacting to feeling rejected by a, a, like, like two teen, like a, an 11 year old and a 16 year old, right. Who are just absolutely trying to do their best in like some of the most horrible years on the planet. Right. Yeah. Um, and so like, or like getting offended that they're, you know, reacting out of a place of just not having a great day either. Right. Um, at the same time with work, it's like, you know, like the, I feel like we're taught so often that, you know, success is the thing, right? Like if you feel, if you get, if you get enough money, enough love, enough sex, enough, like whatever the thing is, like, these are the things that make human beings happy. Right. And so like, for me, that's like ingrained. And so like the personal development work is like more helps me to, to stay focused on the things that actually matter. And then also prioritize everything else after that. Right. So like focusing on connection, connection, focus on like the things that actually you know, fill me up and help me be satisfied with enough. And then reacting out of that, that place where I'm like, okay, well, I could make this much money, but I just need this much money. And so if I make this much money, then I'm more available for my kids or I'm more right. available to like do yoga first thing in the morning or, you know, whatever. And having outside perspective on that is always going to be easier, right? It will always be easier for somebody else to be like, no dummy. Like, it's just like, just, this is the thing you already said you wanted to do. This is not in alignment with that. Align these two pieces and then execute in this way. I love that. I love that. That's so powerful. Well, it was amazing having you here, Galen. Where can people find you online? Um, just like you can pretty much Google marketing for travel agents anywhere. We're on LinkedIn, marketing for travel agents, Instagram, marketing for travel agents, Facebook, marketing for I travel agents. I love the simplicity of it. <laughs> I mean, that's what we do. We do marketing for travel. Also, my name is weird. So you can probably just Google my name. That's true. Galen Wood. That's you know, true. Perfect. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Well, All right. Thank you so much for being here. Everybody go check out Marketing for Travel Agents. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You. Gracias for listening to today's episode of the Breakthrough Brand Show. To listen to more episodes or to be featured as a guest, go to fabipaulini.com slash podcast for more details. Can I ask you for something? If you got value out of this episode, would you share it on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or just post it online. If you know somebody that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let me know about the show and include the hashtag Breakthrough Brand Show. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and subscribe right now. Your thumbs up, rating, amor, love, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean so much to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, fabipaulini.com, or follow me everywhere as Fabi Paulini. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Con amor, Fabi.